and I'm here today with an interview with Michael Martin. He's with Physicians for Social Responsibility and a uh, uh, academic at University of California, San Francisco, and wanted to reach out to him or talk about the uh, issue of really the intersection of meat, climate, and health. Um, it's definitely uh, something that's really kind of come into its own as a as a subject in the past uh, year or two. So, Michael, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you uh, How did you end up working on this topic? Well, I'm an internal medicine specialist as well as a preventive medicine specialist, and uh, over the uh, past uh, say seven or ten years, I've begun become very concerned from a preventive medicine standpoint with climate change as a huge risk to uh, individuals' health and the health of our, our planet. And so I've been spending more time focusing on that. I've been involved very much with Physicians for Social Responsibility, PSR, and uh, they're a group that uh, fights against uh, nuclear uh, war and tries to avert nuclear war and, and tries to avert the uh, worst effects of climate change. I'm on their uh, Environment and Health Committee. I uh, co-chair that committee. And uh, the more and more I've gotten into the issue of climate change, the more I've been deeply concerned about uh, our future and uh, what, what the future will be like for our children and our grandchildren, and even for ourselves at this point, yeah. given that it seems to be coming so rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems to have picked up pace in the past uh, five years, um, exponential growth, really. Yes. And one of the things I've, I realized in my studying of this area is uh, that there are, are certain uh, aspects which you can have a big impact on, and there are certain uh, ones that are very difficult to impact. Uh, one that I came across that is uh, particularly uh, uh, gives a great opportunity for us to reduce the impact of climate change very quickly has to do with our diet. Our diet is responsible for a huge portion of the greenhouse gases that uh, are emitted every year. And if we change our diet, we could radically change the trajectory of, of climate change. Um, and uh, within that diet sphere, there's one particular food that is uh, really out of the ordinary, and that's red meat. Red meat is responsible for a huge fraction of greenhouse gases. Um, in addition, as a physician, I recognize that there are many studies starting to come out about red meat and its harmful effects. So we have a situation here where uh, there's something that's really harmful to us uh, in terms of our health, and it's also harmful to our world. We'd be much better off without it. So I uh, started an organization called Physicians Against Red Meat to try and get people to stop eating red meat. It's just, mm. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good for, again, not good for you and not good for the world. So uh, I'm very deeply involved in that movement as well. One of the, um, you know, I've actually gotten... There was an article that I posted in uh, Facebook or uh, a, a, uh, a post, and it kind of brought up this issue of the environmental impact of, of meat. And what was interesting was there was a, a schism that occurred between really vegans who are against eating meat at all and people in the regenerative agriculture space who basically see um, the use of animals in terms of 
I guess, in terms of uh, non-concentrated agricultural farming operations uh, um, as being helpful to addressing climate change. Um, how, how do you fall in terms of kind of that, that divide? Because to me, I mean, both, both of those groups are on the same side. They're all, and we are all against, you know, concentrated agricultural farming operations. I mean, they're just not good. So, but where does that, what, what do you think about that division between those two groups? Well, I certainly support those, uh, those agricultural facilities that are more in tune with the environment and not damaging the environment and not, uh, you know, concentrating animals together. But red meat uh, is responsible for greenhouse gases uh, in, in ways that can't be addressed by that. For instance, most of the greenhouse, or a huge portion of the greenhouse gas that occurs is related to methane uh, from the, the cow itself. Um, cows burp and fart methane. Methane is, is a gas. It's a gas that's 86 times more powerful than CO2 in terms of its climate warming effect. So a little bit of methane goes a long way in terms of warming our environment, much more than uh, the same amount of CO2. And uh, there's no way to prevent that, uh, no, no very good way to prevent that uh, from occurring in cows, whether they're raised in a concentrated agricultural facility or on a free-range farm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the issue of uh, manure produced by uh, farm animals, which uh, breaks down into nitrous oxide, which is 300 times more powerful as a greenhouse gas mm. than CO2. So uh, it's not as easy as just saying, well, we'll do it in a sustainable way. Red meat is problematic. And again, that's only addressing the environmental effects. There's a whole host, and I hope we can get into them, of health effects from red meat that really, it's just not a good thing for our bodies. Well, let's let's go there. I mean, uh, by the same token, I've I've gotten pushback from people saying like, well, the body, the human body needs red meat in order to be able to get those proteins. So, you know, I'm vegan myself and I feel like I'm not really, you know, short of any nutritional benefits. So how do you address those, those issues and what are the, the health, health uh, problems that red meat causes? You know, I've studied that area very carefully in terms of uh, protein content and do we need red meat for any particular health reason. The answer is definitive and is very clear. No, we do not need red meat. We can get the proteins from other uh, equally good sources, better sources actually. Um, uh, Red meat, uh, chicken and fish are are not red meat, so they have good proteins in them. as well as soy and tofu and a whole bunch of, uh, of things will provide equal amount of protein with uh, much less impact on the body and the world. So um, there are just are, are a huge number of, uh, of health issues associated with red meat. And, and it's a little bit like uh, smoking. And, and, you know, at one point, the physicians supported smoking. Uh, they didn't think it was bad. And then all of a sudden, some uh, you know, a few studies started coming out and they People got cautious, and then a whole avalanche of studies came out showing that uh, cigarettes were harmful to a variety of, uh, of our organs and caused many conditions. Uh, and then the Surgeon General came out with a report against uh, um, cigarettes, and then there were 
you know, restrictions and taxes on cigarettes. Now, we're following the same path with red meat. Uh, really, the studies have already come out about the harmful effects of red meat, and, and now there's, they're multiplying. Many more studies come out each, each day, really, with about the harmful effects of red meat. Um, the uh, World Health Organization has classified red meat as a, class, as a carcinogen, um, so we got a government body stating that this is not a good thing. And uh, we really need to look at uh, restrictions on red meat and, and perhaps taxes, too, because of all the uh, unintended effects that are, we have to pay for that are not based within the price of red meat. What, um, from, a, from a standpoint of history, like, have human beings always eaten red meat? I mean, is this something like, is, is it a more recent in terms of like the human experience or is this something that we've always eaten red meat and maybe we've we should get just get smarter now well i think the easiest way to address that is we have never come even close to eating as much red meat as we eat now the amount of red meat eaten by the average american is, is astronomical compared to what was ever consumed uh, throughout uh, human history. And uh, for most parts of human history, uh, our diets were almost exclusively plant-based. Mm. So this is a more recent development, and it's one which is causing uh, many different health problems, which uh, which we can get into, and it's very, very serious, and, and for the most part are unknown by, by people. Um, you know, I have a, uh, a friend who recently was had um, colorectal cancer, um, diagnosed and actually um, she had um, gotten treatment um, thought that she had beaten it but evidently it's it's come back um, colorectal cancer is one of those diseases that kind of is directly linked to meat is that correct absolutely very closely linked to uh, colon cancer. Red, red meat's very closely linked to colon cancer. But there are a variety of other uh, cancers that you wouldn't expect. Uh, mm. Red meat, you might say, well, it's linked to colon cancer since red meat goes through the colon as it's processed. But there are other cancers that you think, well, wow, how did that happen? Breast cancer, for instance. Huh. Substantially higher rate of breast cancer in people who eat red meat. Prostate cancer. Well, how does, it, how, does, how does it affect the prostate? But, you know, um, esophageal cancer, stomach cancer. Um, you know, these are, these are, again, it's a little like smoking the cigarettes. You know, at one point we didn't think it was related to endometrial cancer or uh, leukemia or uh, all these other things. But, you know, you, you do the studies and you find it is. We're doing the same thing with red meat uh, at this point. So, uh, and, and, I, and cancer is just one problem associated yeah. with red meat. It's a huge one, but it's just one, and I can go over the other ones as well. Well, I mean, obesity is, is clearly one which then leads to a cascade of other kind of health breakdowns, right? Yes, although there's a lot of controversy about, uh, you know, red meat and protein and uh, weight and weight loss and that, that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's controversial. And I would rather not get into that area because it is so controversial, and there are conflicting studies to one, uh, by various groups. But uh, on these other, in these other areas, uh, the health effects of cancer and, and whatnot, uh, are, uh, there is not the controversy. What, so, what are those areas? Well, look, uh, cancer is certainly one of them. Uh, overall mortality. There's just a higher death rate in people who eat a lot of red meat. 
Hmm. So for whatever reason, overall mortality has increased. There is uh, increased risk of stroke. Well, gosh, well, how would it increase risk of stroke? Again, it's kind of surprising, but it's, uh, it's clear. The studies have been done. And uh, high consumption of red meat increases stroke. Um, diabetes. And again, well, how does that happen? Um, but there clearly is an association of increased risk of diabetes in people who eat high red meat. Um, and here's the mo- most startling one to me uh, that came out just recently, and that is there's a link of mania and red meat consumption, particularly processed red meats. Uh, and what do you mean mania? What do you mean um, mania? Psychiatric condition, uh-huh. mania. Uh, and uh, associated with aggressive uh, behavior and anxiety and uh, other similar uh, conditions. Um, but it's t- very closely tied to eating red meat, again, certain types of red meat in particular. And uh, I think, uh, from looking at the study, I believe that we're going to find that, it's a, that red meat consumption is associated with a variety of mental conditions, depression, schizophrenia, um, suicidal behavior uh, you know the, the the trend in the in the study that was done seemed to show that but it was not statistically significant so they didn't claim that it was uh, a valid association but I believe when further studies are done with larger numbers of people we'll find all kind of associations with of red meat with psychiatric conditions um, red meat just sim- simply uh, causes inflammation in the body and that inflammation affects our brain affects it in many ways. So uh, a lot of startling effects of, uh, of red meat on health. And, and this is why people need to be concerned. Um, so so we get something that's bad for you, bad for the world. Why are we doing this? Yeah. One of the, um, one of the uh, factors that goes into concentrated animal farming operations is there's a lot of um, chemicals or uh, antibiotics that are pumped into into uh, animals because of kind of the uh, unhealthy conditions that they live in. And does the human body then take in those chemicals when we're consuming red meat? Yes, yes, it does, absolutely. Um, and a, and, a, and a, so that's a significant risk for us. But in addition, there's a huge risk of, of antibiotic resistance. Hmm. They're using in, in, in raising animals antibiotics that, uh, you know, are, are needed in, in human health conditions. And if that promotes resistance of those bugs to the antibiotics. So we're wasting uh, the antibiotic potential by feeding it to animals when we might need it uh, for our own antibiotic treatment. And, and it, we might need it and it might be not available because of the resistance that's developed as a result of feeding it to animals on a huge, huge scale. Hmm. Much more, many more antibiotics are used to treat animals than are used in humans. And that, that I should mention, I singled out red meat as a problem uh, in a lot of ways, but that goes for chicken as well, chicken and uh, as well as uh, red meat. A uh, lot of antibiotics used in raising yeah. chickens. What, um, one of the... Uh things that I know I've, I've heard about but I don't know a lot about is the the gut biome that basically having a, a healthy gut biome is kind of necessary to really have um, good health and 
and really good psychological health. How does red meat interact with like the gut biome and, and the effects there? Well, the, the bacteria that are in the gut are based on the foods we eat. And when we eat red meat and other meats, it, it develops and cultivates a certain type of bacteria or a certain uh, series of bacteria species in the intestines. Uh, that's quite different from the bacteria that are there when we eat plant-based products. Hmm. And it turns out that those bacteria that result from eating a lot of meat, they produce certain toxins that are then absorbed into the body through the gut. Those toxins uh, create an inflammatory state in the body. And that inflammatory state is probably the reason why red meat is associated with all these cancers that seem surprising and things like uh, mania and uh, diabetes and stroke. And so it's the, it probably is mediated through the uh, gut, in, the gut bacteria and, and uh, what, how, which ones grow uh, based on what we eat. So, um, one of the one of the other issues is obviously the environmental impact of of meat and when you look at what's happened in the really the midwest over the past couple of months with the excessive rain and flooding um i mean all of this a lot of this animal waste is being basically washed out into public waterways which end up being drinking water facilities downriver. Like, what's what's the impact of that pollution to water um, for people downstream? Well, it, uh, it pollutes uh, any water, that, groundwater that could be used for drinking. It causes algae blooms. Um, it, it's uh, just generally toxic to the fish that are there and other aquatic uh, life. Um, it's just not a natural thing and, and cause, wreaks havoc with the waterways. Um, there's a huge amount of uh, run, manure runoff uh, onto the land polluting that pollutes water, that pollutes our groundwater and that gets into rivers and streams and pollutes our pollutes those and, and the ocean. And uh, it's, again, this is just one, this is one small, this is one just one facet of the problem with red meat. Yeah. I've tried to outline all of the others, but you know you can go on and on and on about the different ones uh, that are associated, the problems associated with eating red meat, and it's just a uh, just not not a good thing. Well, water consumption is is another issue that's huge for uh, for red meat. It, they say if you if you skip a if you if you eat a quarter pounder a quarter pound burger that's the same amount of water it takes to generate that quarter pound burger as uh, skipping showers for 23 days okay so mm. or, or uh, uh, not or, or not flushing your toilet for two months so that's the same amount of water that goes into that one little quarter pounder so animal uh, raising red meat is responsible for a huge amount of water use, and water is becoming scarce in many areas of the country, and it's going to be a uh, uh, incredibly scarce resource in our future. Um, 
So when you look at like really resource scarcity, it's not so much it's scarcity, it's a matter of priorities in terms of where we're allocating it and using it excessively where, you know, if we didn't do that activity, then there would be plenty of resource for for the others in the world. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. We need to stop using our resources uh, inappropriately and then squandering them. So, yeah, I should bring, bring up another issue related to red meat, which is deforestation. Yeah. Uh, we're all very concerned about deforestation of the Amazon and what's going on in Brazil now with deforestation. And they say, well, why is, why is all this deforestation going on? It's because they want to clear-cut the forest to create grassland for farms, for, for cattle. Um, and so most of the deforestation that goes on is related to, uh, to meat consumption. And so this, again, is another way that uh, red meat is, is harming, uh, harming the planet uh, because we need those rainforests to absorb the CO2 that's in the atmosphere. And if, if there's a huge destruction of our rainforest, then it's going to exacerbate the uh, climate change issue. Yeah, not just absorb the CO2, but then to produce the oxygen that's necessary going forward. So Exactly. It's yeah. going in the opposite direction. Um, you, you mentioned algae blooms, and clearly that has an impact in terms of, of sea life. And, um, you know, when you talk about production of, of um, oxygen, uh, kelp and so forth are, are huge producers of, of oxygen. Is there a an interaction between algae blooms and what happens in terms of ocean life like uh, sea kelp? Um, there is a huge interaction between algae blooms and, and the, all, the whole ecosystem that goes on in those areas where there are algae blooms. It's it's a uh, throwing a, you know, kind of a uh, different, you're changing the environment radically. And because of that, those species, those organisms, which have been adapted to one environment, can't survive in another one that's quite different. It's like our our uh, coral around the world, you know, we're, we're, just, we're probably likely to lose more than 70% of the coral and maybe 90% of the coral fairly quickly around the world because of uh, toxins in the environment as well as uh, warming of the oceans and the inability of the coral to, uh, to adapt to that very quickly. So um, this, uh, our, the oceans of the world are in are in danger uh, related to climate change. And, you know, fishing is a huge industry, and that could really collapse mm. uh, if the temperature rises significantly. So I guess the, the billion-dollar question, so to speak, is how, how do you change uh, behavior and policy to move away from kind of an animal-based food chain to one that is more plant-based and good for the environment? Is this just a matter of passing the law and outlawing hamburgers? or Because that, obviously, that has blowback in terms of the economy and what people perceive as their, I guess, right um, to consume what they want to consume. Well, let me just uh, mention, people do change over time, and we all change over time. And if we look back 20 years, we'd be shocked at our attitudes, behaviors, 
20 years ago versus what they are now um, in terms of a variety of things. And let me, let me just use cigarettes as an example. Mm. You know, when I first started being involved in this area, uh, there were smoking on airplanes. Yeah. There was smoking in bars, restaurants, in workplaces. Uh, you could smoke anywhere. And, you know, that was the norm. People accepted it. People thought, oh, my God. And when we started to try and put restrictions on smoking in place, people thought, oh, my God, there's going to be rebellion. How are you ever going to do that? And blah, blah, blah. You know, it never happened. You know, or, or over time, people changed. And so, again, that's a radical change. Going from that situation to where we are now related to smoking. You wouldn't think of smoking in an airplane, <laughs> for God's sake. You know, and, and yet, you know, so the same thing can happen with our diets and particularly red meat consumption. You know, I know people enjoy it now, but you know, in, in 10 years, we may look back on it and say, wow, that was sure primitive. We were eating those, <laughs> eating those cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things change and, and we all change and, and, that, and that's, that's good, it's a good thing. You know, so it'll be better for our health and the health of our environment. And I do wanna to emphasize to people that really the desperate situation we're in related to climate change, where there's a huge underestimation of, uh, the risks of climate change. I've, I've read ten, at least 10 books on climate change, hundreds of articles. It's scary. I mean, it's really, really concerning. And so we need to, we need to do something about it. And, and our diets are a very easy way to address that. If, if people want to have an impact on climate change, the easiest thing to do, change your diet, particularly stop eating red meat. Uh, that will do more than buying an electric vehicle, you yeah. know, in terms of reducing greenhouse gases. Yeah. If you're a, if for, for those people who eat a fair amount of red meat, um, and uh, you know we we have it within our power to to make sure we don't uh, get to a desperate situation that's uh, hugely problematic for many of the people of the world. We we have all the knowledge, we have all the resources, we we know how to make energy with the sun, with the wind. It's just a matter of getting the the political will to do it and and making these changes, but. We got to start doing it, otherwise, we're going to have lots of problems. And and people should not think of this as, oh, it's going to be a problem for my kids or grandkids. It's going to be a problem for us because it's coming very rapidly. Yeah, I mean, um, the the pace of change is just accelerating. Um, a couple of months ago, not even a couple of months ago. Uh, well, I guess it was a couple of months ago. It was 84 degrees in the middle of the winter in the Arctic. Um, I mean, that's obviously not normal. Um, when you look at the amount of rain that's been generated in the past year, and that's been um, dumped into not just the Midwest, but you know, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, the hurricanes, California, even. I mean, has been experiencing record amounts of rain. Um, these are all accelerated effects of the heating in the oceans and what's going on with the change in weather patterns. So, Absolutely. You know, there's no question climate change is real. Many people have not believed it, but you know what? They've been misled. Yep. They've been misled by the politicians who see a vested interest in taking that position. They've been, been misled by the oil companies, the Koch brothers, and, and other people who really have make huge amount of money off fossil fuels and, and, and are, are not concerned about climate change. Um, but, you know, because they're making such huge profits, 
people have been misled. It's time to wake up to that and uh, and take action. I mean, clearly the uh, the economy is changing. Um, you know, I think um, more and more people are recognizing that they need to match up their investments with their values and and really kind of stake out. Um, you know, what the the work that they want their money to do in terms of creating this next world. And, you know, Beyond, Beyond Burger just recently went public and has done phenomenally well, in large part because there's a, in an economy where there's not a lot of growth, you know, this is a company that has great growth po- prospects. And, you know, that's where you want to to uh, invest is in, in where the economy is growing and Clearly, fossil fuels is not a uh, is not a, in a growth mode. I believe socially socially responsible investment has a hu- a, a terrific future, uh, in just in terms of return, because we are going to need to desperately do all we can to uh, protect the environment, to re- uh, reverse some of the effects of climate change, and all of the socially responsible companies that are kind of. Uh, aggressively doing that or involved in the movement are going to do well, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the oil companies, the coal companies, uh, their stocks just are not going to hold up as well as uh, a lot of other companies that are involved in, uh, in uh, situations where their, their products, their services exacerbate climate change. Well, I think even, even now that um, fossil fuel companies are finding it difficult to find financing for their operations going forward, whether it's in terms of, you know, the equity markets or, or in the bond markets. And, um, you know, that if you can't access capital, then you really don't have a long economic life uh, within this kind of system. So Yes, that, that economic leverage is very important. And it really gets the attention of the leaders of the company and also gets the attention of the shareholders who say, wow, what are we doing here if so many people are moving away from investing in our company and, and, and prohibit investments in our company? That's a great statement. And again, another reason why social, socially responsible investment is a, a wonderful idea and, and very important to our future. Well, I appreciate it. I've been doing it for over 10 years now. And um, I mean, it really feels like it's it's come into its own in really the past five years. Um, it's it's really amazing to see because it's not it's not even the people who are kind of the um, Sierra Club or the tree huggers or but average people who when you explain what's going on they get it and they're like well this makes perfect sense why isn't everybody doing this and yeah. you're like well welcome aboard you know yeah, this, this exactly. is exactly <laughs> Welcome aboard, and we like everybody to be on board, and it's and it's necessary for everyone to be on board if we're going to avert the worst impacts of climate change. Exactly, um, Michael. If somebody wants to reach out to you and, and talk to you more uh, about this issue or uh, PSR, how can they reach out to you? I'll give you my email address. It's m martin md at gmail dot com. M martin md at gmail dot com. I also would point the people to the website for um, Physicians Against Red Meat. That's farm, as in farm animals, but with a PH at the beginning. P-H-A-R-M, farm.org, which has lots of information about uh, red meat and its harmful effects, and I could be reached through that as well. 
Awesome. And of course, Physicians for Social Responsibility, uh, just to give them a plug, you know, I've, I've interviewed probably, I think you're like the fifth or sixth person from Physicians for Social Responsibility, and, and you guys are in, involved in so many aspects of making the world a better place, like just um, my congratulations for that organization and the great work that you guys do. Well, thanks so much. It's an honor to, to serve that organization and be on the board. And uh, I should mention that the Physicians for Social Responsibility made a decision nationally that we that the organization would not serve red meat at mm. any of its functions. And it did that uh, because of the problems associated with red meat. So P- uh, PSR uh, puts its uh, money where its mouth is and, uh, uh, you know, uh, it really is, is uh, doing what it needs to in terms of red meat. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to chat, and um, we'll we'll stay in touch, and I'm sure we'll have uh, have a need to talk again in the in the near future. Thanks, Michael. Terrific. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it. Take care. Bye bye.